You've attended council hearings in person. You've tuned in to our televised proceedings on Channel 13. Now, you have the chance to listen to us on the radio as we demystify the work of the people who do it. This is not a council hearing. This is Hearing the Council with your host, Josh Gibson. All right. Thank you, deep voice person with a funky backbeat. Indeed, this is not a council hearing. This is Hearing the Council. You can't have a government without a council, so you can't have a government radio station without a council show. This is it. We are coming to you from the train track enclosed nerve center that is the headquarters of the Office of Cable TV, Film, Music, and Entertainment. It's also the historic headquarters of Black Entertainment Television, so it's an honor to be here. Dearly beloved, we're gathered here today to celebrate this thing called the council. I'm Josh Gibson, Director of Communications for the Council. You may also know me as the Council's voice on social media, at Council of D.C. If you don't follow us already, get with the program. Here at the Council, our communications goal is to engage with residents in an informative, conversational, and sometimes even enjoyable way. You know if you follow us on Twitter, we're believers in the Mary Poppins School of Communications. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. We want to make it easy for average residents to understand what the council does. We're demystifying our work and the people who do it. Remember, the D.C. Council is just like your workplace, except with a dais. On the show, we'll try to keep things light, offbeat, informal, and interesting. You'll learn about policy, learn about people, learn about history, and learn about the institution. Now, listeners, we've uh, nearly wrapped up our first and second rounds of interviews with council members. They're available on SoundCloud and iTunes. Those focused mainly on getting to know the council members, their backgrounds and biographies, successes and struggles. Now, in our third round, we're going to focus more on the people at the council, colleagues, coworkers, community leaders, and the like. And disclaimers, we did share the questions in advance so the council members could prep if they chose to. And council members can always pass on a question if they want to. So now, without any further ado, let me welcome our guest, Council Chairman Phil Mendelson. Josh, it's great to be here, and I have to say that I'm just in shock that you would have me back after I misbehaved so badly the last visit. Well, I think we it was either the first round or the second round where we went... Uh, we finished on the conversation about Amish water heaters. And I wanted to dedicate an entire episode to that. Because I could do that. It was a model F40 and F50, I believe. Yeah, because between that and our conversation about transit passes, um, the listeners were just, the uh, phones Peridro were ringing Mofile, off the hook. A collector of streetcar transfers. Yeah, yeah. So the phones are ringing off the hook. But we're going to go a little different direction this time and go to the niche topic of people. Because who cares about people? Um, I do, deeply. Okay, then let's go there. Um, we're asking council members about role models. And we're accepting answers on two different levels. Role models... Either uh, famous role models, um, fictional role models, spiritual role models, um, and then also role models in your personal life, people you, you actually met and know. Uh, how many of the questions you're going to ask me, because I just looked at them, uh, do I get the pass on? Uh, zero. Okay. Well, <clears throat> I grew up a few years ago, and uh, so... In my youth, I would say that I was very much caught up with um, President John F. Kennedy, who was uh, martyred 
when he was assassinated. Um, a man who conveyed a lot of vigor as well as youthful ideals. Uh, I'm a Democrat. I very much liked what he said. Uh, so I would say that he was a role model. Uh, closer to home, uh, my mother, about whom I don't say a lot, although the references, I think, on my website, my office website. Uh, she uh, ran for office Cleveland Heights, Ohio, City Council, lost both times that she ran, um, was a part-time uh, history school teacher in high school, in a high school, and uh, went on to uh, do a lot of work advocating for nursing home reform and actually became um, a national leader. Back on JFK, do you think he, history would no remember... No interest in my mother, but that's okay. Oh, now, we've talked about your mother, I think, on both of the previous episodes. All right, that reveals a psychology on my issue, on my part. Okay, we can delve into that. Right, exactly. On John F. Kennedy. Do you think history would remember him equally as kindly if he had not been assassinated? No. Okay. I think we tend to look on people who've been assassinated much more favorably. Because Which is unfortunate. I certainly don't mean to say that that's okay, but I do think that's a dynamic. Because there are assassinated presidents who history has not looked kindly on, so it's not necessarily um, that if a president is assassinated that uh, they're seen as one of our more successful presidents. Um, well, we can get into that if you want with this show on the Council of the District of Columbia. I think that uh, in the time uh, that uh, they were very much adored and there was a lot of feeling of... Um, very positive feeling about them. I mean, we look back on on uh, William McKinley and probably don't think highly, but I think he was very popular at the time he was assassinated, and the nation was quite in shock. Uh, Garfield, James Garfield, again, not somebody that we think much about today, but uh, I think the nation was very much in shock over that. Um, but then others, like uh, Abraham Lincoln, uh, continue to... Um, hold a lot of uh, emotional power over the the nation's psyche. Have you been to see the newly inaugurated uh, President Garfield assassination historical marker on the mall? No, I haven't. I think it's sort of in front of the archives. Which would be appropriate because that's roughly where the train station was. Correct, correct. And I believe it was the only not designated assassination location uh, for a president, and they figured that out and, and remedied it. Um, Interesting. But, yeah, someday we'll need to walk over there together. Okay. So it's not far from the... Uh, it's also not from far the from building. the original memorial to Franklin Delano Roosevelt. That's true. Which is that um, marble... No, no larger than his desk. Correct. As he indicated it should In front be. of the archives. Yeah, which is very easy to not notice. Correct. Which is, I guess, the way he wanted it to be. Um, now, council, the, recently the council passed legislation uh, designating the, the street in front of NASA headquarters as Hidden Figures Way. We voted on that yesterday. Now, I would like to turn, this is called a transition in radio, um, to some of the hidden figures of the council. The council members get all the attention. I, once in a while, get a little attention. But let's talk about the people behind the scenes that keep your office and to keep the council itself 
running. Are there any folks that you would like to point out maybe back from your days as a council staffer or from your current days as a council chairman? Council staff folks that uh, no one would know about that don't get any glory, um, but without whom the council would not be the same. Well, <clears throat> there's nobody who toils in secret, but when you say no one would know about, I think you mean folks outside of those who are active in local issues. The folks who are active in local issues know, for example, who uh, the folks are on my legislative staff, uh, folks who work with um, the media know Lindsay, who's my uh, communications director. Never heard of her. You're going to get in trouble, Josh. Um, so I wouldn't say there are people that are in secret that way, but uh, the staff uh, in legislative offices are important uh, because good staff very much knows issues almost always better than the council member. I could say legislator because this is true with any legislature. And uh, so they're important. And the ones who've been uh, in the legislative branch for a number of years, of course, are become even more important. That's typically the case of chiefs of staff, sometimes with some of the legislative staff. Um, and, you know, from the standpoint of um, uh, community relations, the folks who do constituent service work are important, even though they get very little attention other than the constituents with whom or for whom they work. Um, bigger picture, the uh, council has for a number of years had three officers, the secretary to the council, the budget director, uh, and the general council. And um, those people over the years have been, um, uh, some of them have been, uh, how do how do I want to put this? Um, folks who are involved with local government realize how important they are. So the secretary of the council, currently Nasha Smith, is uh, the chief administrative officer of the council and um, affects everything from any ceremonial activities like the inauguration that will occur January 2nd to uh, making sure that uh, everything that's necessary for a legislative meeting is there and there on time and there as needed. Uh, that's the Secretary of the Council, the General Council, who uh, when I was uh, an early on a community activist, um, I remember that uh, the General Counsel, uh, Gregory Mives, went on to become a judge, Superior Court judge, very well regarded. And um, uh, the budget director, uh, I think right now, uh, Jen Budoff, who's the, um, uh, and I, I neglected to say Nicole Streeter is the current General Counsel. She just started a few months ago in that position and has been very good. Um, the uh, budget director, current budget director, Jen Budoff, who is just instrumental in the council's ability to review and put through a, a budget. You know, in the end, people think of the city's budget, which is about $14 billion, as being the mayor's budget. She submits a balanced proposal, but in the end, the council reshapes it. And uh, what what the council has, for, excuse me, what the city has for a budget is the budget that the council has adopted. And uh, Jen is instrumental in that. 
Yeah, I mean, you need to see the world through a lens, and and it's kind of interesting. Each of those people has their lens. The general counsel obviously has a legal lens. Jen has a budget lens. Uh, Nyasha, I would say, probably has multiple, <laughs> as as many yes. lenses as possible, yeah. um, including the communications lens. Uh, I, I'm surprised when we talk about the sort of the hidden figures that um, that uh, folks like support services and legislative support services don't come up more often. That uh, the, you know, the folks truly behind the scenes that keep the room set up and the, the countdown timers working for witnesses and uh, um, oh, well, it, and, and many, actually, many of them have been around for, for decades. Correct. And, and actually, it's a good thing that you mentioned, mentioned them because they are important and uh, they don't get attention. Uh, and they don't get attention, I think, because their tasks don't seem so important, but in fact... Uh, the um, support staff, they are the ones who turn on the lights and the heat and in the summer the air conditioning and they, they make the meetings happen. Uh, if there's going to be a community meeting, if the council, uh, council committee is going to have a hearing out in the community, it's impossible for that to happen without support staff. Um, you know, we are required to keep a record of all of our hearings and meetings and the only way that happens is through the support staff. Uh, so anybody who wants to find out what really happened at the legislative meeting on uh, September 19th, they can only do it because of the support staff. Are any of the support staff, uh, were any of them around when you were a staffer? Are any of them still full circle? Uh, Larry or uh, or uh, Mary Van or Jimmy, any, were any of those folks around when you were? Uh, I'm taxing your memory, but... Uh, this is such an unfair question. Which questions don't I get to answer? Uh, as many as you want. Well, the fact is, is that um, the folks you just mentioned uh, have been at the council for close to 30 years. I, I um, was a staff person at the council, former chairman Dave Clark, and before that, uh, Ward 3 council member Jim Nathanson. And uh, that was beginning in 1989, and these folks, most of them were there. Yeah. Yeah, I was bummed uh, that I, I've, my uh, historical archives failed me because when uh, President uh, George Bush passed away, I thought I had a picture of him with Dave Clark, but I dug into my records and I had a picture of Dave Clark with Ronald Reagan and a picture of Dave Clark with Bill Clinton, but somehow no picture with uh, George H.W. Bush. Okay, and I can't help you with that. No. No, but you, you. Larry Cooper, who is the head of support services, uh, began in that position when John Wilson was elected chairman. And uh, Jimmy, uh, I think, predates that. Yeah. Predates him. A couple others are more recent, but uh, the support staff has been there for many, many years. And that continuity is very useful. Yeah, I, I doubt I could convince them to, to come on a radio show, but I, I imagine they have a panoply of tales, um, if I could convince them to tell them uh, that the, the things they've seen and done in 30 Correct. years would uh, would probably curl all of our uh, hair. Um, Not no, mine. No, no pun intended. Not mine. Um, so you, you've spoken... That's because I don't have any. Let's just be clear. This is radio, right? Correct. Correct. A big, bushy head of... Hollywood cinema hair for the folks that are listening to the radio is is atop the uh, the chairman's head. Not um, 
So uh, now you, you mentioned the, the council offices that you worked in previously, and this might uh, speak to the answer to this question, but do you have uh, role models uh, in terms of past council members? It doesn't have to be a, the person and their whole life is something that you admire, but maybe just the way they did something, a small element of how they operated as a council member. Uh, could be a colleague now, could be a council member from long ago. Anyone leap to mind? Well, in the years that I've been on the council, there are there are several, and I'm going to get in trouble if I omit anybody, but I'm going to. Um, you know, I, when I was elected, I, uh, Kevin Chavis in the same year ran for mayor, and I thought Kevin Chavis was a remarkable politician, very charismatic, uh, intelligent, uh, active with uh, local issues, and... Um, um, as I said, I'd worked for Dave Clark, and so I saw him up close and his commitment to the city, and he was a, a bit of a character, uh, but his commitment was unquestioned. And as a chairman of the council for eight years, and then he left office, and then he came back for a couple years before he passed away, um, he clearly was an important figure. What I've come to appreciate in recent years was how important the first council was. There was an awful lot that they did, and uh, we deal with a lot of legislation now that is amending, updating laws that that first council passed. Uh, the creation of the Advisory Neighborhood Commissions, um, the Initiative Referendum Act, um, I'm not going to give a complete list, but uh, you know, there's some up updating of our criminal code. Uh, there was an awful lot that happened in the first. The, when I say first council, I'm talking about the first four years, um, and so I've come to appreciate the work that they did more. And it was a very different era. Most of those folks on the first council had come out of the civil rights movement of the '60s. There were several clergy on the council very different than what we have today. Uh, more recently, I was talking to uh, somebody yesterday about uh, former council member Sharon Ambrose, who um, was very popular as a Ward 6 council member, uh, very popular in um, the community, both with residents as well as businesses. Um, and uh, over the years, she chaired uh, different committees, but under her, uh, completely rewrote the ABC legislation, alcoholic beverage control, which it, I, I don't think I've seen comprehensive legislation like that uh, since. I mean, just completely rewrote entire, entire Title 25 of the code. Um, Kathy Patterson, who is now the auditor, and uh, as far as I can tell, widely, widely respected and appreciated as the auditor. She is, in my view, um, really put the auditor's office back on the map as a place for um, um, independent oversight and investigation of uh, agencies and how we can improve them. I've, I've leaned on her quite a bit with regard to uh, D Department of Consumer and Regulatory Affairs. Um, you know, when I was elected, Linda Kropp was the chair, and um, uh, she's, I guess, still my... Um, model or idol as chair. She just had a temperament about her that I think was very uh, useful and a, a sense of the community 
that it was important. It is important for anybody to be able to uh, be in office. Back to your, your earlier reference to the first council. Uh, I feel like we got a bit of a sense of that with uh, Carl Racine as the first elected attorney general, where we um, you have to feel out a position. You you know what's written in the law, but until you have someone filling out a position, you uh, you need someone in that position to to see how you can stretch it out and how much power will actually be there. And I feel like the first council uh, was a bit in that situation. Yes. So am I responding about Carl Racine or the first council? Because actually the Either point Either or both. Yeah, it is an important point because um, the uh, what the first council or the first elected attorney general or whoever the first is, they do help to define the role and uh, create a public perception of what that office or in the case of the council, what this new legislative branch is all about and can do. Yeah, I mean, like the was it? I might get this wrong. The Marbury versus Madison the Supreme Court. It wasn't clear they had the role of review um, of uh, legislation, but ever since that precedent was set, they've had it ever since. And I Correct. feel like the first council and the first elected actually, attorney general have established precedent. Yeah, actually, John Marshall was not the first chief justice of the Supreme Court. Uh, I think he was like the third. Um, but, yeah, the point is, I agree with the point. And um, the council could have gone about it differently, and uh, it, would have, it would have affected us in ways that aren't easily uh, seen, but would have affected what, how the council behaves today. Yeah. Um, well, let me go to one more kind of category of questions, and then we'll go to a, a good uh, round of closeout questions that I'm excited about. Um, talk about community leaders um, are there any up-and-comers in uh, local politics, community leaders, folks that are uh, maybe just getting their feet wet in, uh, in, in their community, in getting things done in their neighborhoods, but that folks that you think have potential? Uh, well, there are, but I'm not going to name names. But uh, And it doesn't have to be they're going to run for office someday. Correct. But we see, you know, D.C. is unique in that uh, we have uh, a very active citizenry through civic and citizen associations, but we also have an active citizenry through the elected advisory neighborhood commissions. And I don't know of any other cities that have elected advisory neighborhood commissions like we do, although it was put in our Home Rule Act by a Minnesota legislator who had seen that, I believe, in Minneapolis. I'm not positive. Uh, so we have these different avenues by which people can... Um, participate and uh, there's always a uh, um, what do I want to say a, um, there's an evolution and new people are, are getting involved and folks longtime folks are kind of stepping back or retiring um, and very fertile ground for future leaders I think that's important um, uh, Two things. One is um, it may have also been a Minnesota model, but actually it was the Adams Morgan organization. My understanding was that was the basis for the ANC model. I don't think that's correct, but I, I will have to go to the archives. Um, okay. Second, if you're not willing to name any um, folks that do have potential in terms of community leaders, then why don't you name some folks that have absolutely no potential? Disappointments, community leaders that you see is going absolutely nowhere. 
Uh, well, there are probably a few, but none are coming to mind at the moment. Okay. But Get that's probably that. because uh, this is radio and I don't... Actually, nobody's coming to mind. Okay. But thank you for the question. You're welcome. Um, so now, the round of closeout questions... Now, um, do I get to refuse to answer any of these? Of course you do. Um, this is, we're asking you which of your colleagues you would pick to perform certain unusual tasks and then explain why. You mean like who would I pick to do brain surgery? Who would you pick, which of your colleagues would you pick to help you assemble IKEA furniture and why? Now, you know, you didn't send these questions ahead of time. No, so no. These this- were not sent in advance. I don't know. Can you convey to folks that I'm now breaking out in sweat? Yes. Uh, who would I turn to to help me with what? assembling IKEA furniture? Right. Someone who assembles IKEA furniture is someone who's methodological, who has good visual acuity, um, uh, you know, is kind of good with the how-to situation. So who would you turn to for something like that? We can, we can, we can go to a second one. Well, I, I don't this. know that I would rule anybody out. Uh, if I, um, if one of them made the mistake of getting too close to me when I just happened to have an IKEA couch that needed to be assembled, I'd probably say, uh, "Hey, um, Anita or Vince or um, Alyssa, will you help me uh, with this?" Okay, let's try a different one. Which yes, of your co- which of your colleagues with which with which of your colleagues would you like to drive cross country? Don't you look at your watch? That I would like to drive across country, or I would like to be in a car on a cross country trip. <laughs> not, not who would you like to send across country uh, to banish? Who would you like to drive across country like to banish? With? Well, no. Now, um, there. No, I'm not going to mention names on the banish. Um, and I would hope, though, that we, meaning me and the other uh, colleague, would take turns driving. Um, yeah. Is this what we call uh, uh, stalling? Being difficult? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so who would uh, I want to be in the car with the entire time? Um, I assure listeners there's no coaching going on. I would say just about all of them. In this, fact, this, this, feature, them, this feature has gone remarkably well with all past interviewees. Yeah, well, um, but they, none of them were the chair, chair of the council. Um, I'd actually like to put them all in the car together, and please don't say any references to clown car, and uh, then we will all, kind of like a council bus, drive across. I think that'd be kind of fun. We could sing camp songs, and... Um, Probably get some stuff done. I think if we did this on a bus cross country, uh, probably wouldn't be subject to the open meetings law, so we could get a lot of business done. Just saying. That's There's true. There's some possibilities here. Uh, who? Lindsay, can we get a memo out to the members? Well, uh, yeah. Our next uh, next uh, breakfast legislative breakfast will be in a cross country bus. I, I absolutely want the sitcom rights to that. Um, which of your colleagues would you want to cook up a feast with? Whose, whose culinary skills do you trust? Well, I don't know if I trust because I don't know how good they are, but uh, I have a hunch that Alyssa likes to do a fair amount of cooking or would be interesting in the kitchen. Okay, and how about putting together a musical playlist? A Mary Che. Okay, why? Wow. 
why? Where did that answer come I, from so quickly? From the, that was appear, a little terrifying. Josh, that's where it came from. Okay, but why? Explain. The, answer, the answers aren't the interesting part. The rationale is the interesting part. Oh, okay. And the next question is? Why? Oh, jeez. Um, which council chairman are you not going to invite back? Which, which uh, oh, jeez, we're running out of time. This is going so well. Um, which council member, if you haven't already, would you like to bring home to meet your family? I think most of them have been over. Okay. And uh, so uh, the question was, who would I invite who, who over? Who would you invite, invite over to hang out with your family? Um... I think any one of them, all of them, seriously. Okay. I'm a sociable guy. And and uh, I'll be the judge of that. And uh, last but not least... Maybe you won't. Um, uh, how about fighting off barbarians? <laughs> Jack Evans. Because he can get to be a bit um, bombastic. I think that would be good. You think that the barbarians would... Uh, that would work against the barbarians? Yes. A little bit of... Bombasm. Yeah, bombasm. Is that a word? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, this has gone absolutely nowhere, um, but we'll, we'll continue it with other council members and hope it goes better. Um, thank you, listeners. Well, no, no. So which council member would like to bring me home? <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll have, we'll have to ask. Uh, no, you said that the other uh, council members have interviewed much better than me. They were better they, they They had answers. I, I can't remember if anyone picked you. I have to go back and listen. Councilmember Nadeau, uh, Councilmember Silverman, Councilmember White. I think I'm beginning to choke up. Oh, Nobody geez. wants to bring me home. Oh, geez. I, I, I'll get back to you with that. I'll get back to you with that. I think someone did pick you, but it, it's, it's Who wants to be on a cross-country trip with me? I God, I, don't, I really don't think that's going to happen. But, uh, okay. No, I'm fun. I promise I'm fun. Okay. Yeah. Any, anyone who wants to make an audio gif, uh, that there it goes. The chairman promising he's fun. But sadly, sadly, we are out of time. I'm getting the wrap it up signal. Uh, so I would thank you again for joining us, uh, listeners. Tune in again next time. We're at DC Radio 96.3 on your HD4 dial, dcradio.gov. I'm Josh Gibson. This is not a council hearing. This is Hearing the Council. <laughs>